0: That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Justin Perrin. He's an experienced entrepreneur with over 10 plus years of startup experience. He's currently the founder and CEO Of MedPay and Healthy Habits, both startup companies in the healthcare industry. The mission of the companies is to create and offer a suite of technology-enabled financial products that would positively transform today's healthcare industry for payers, providers, and patients. His approach is unique, and I'm really excited to share what he's up to through today's interview. So, Justin, I'm privileged to have you here with me and, and all of our listeners.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yes, sir. And so, you know, there's so many neat things going on in the way that you guys are approaching payments in, in healthcare. Before we dive into that though, Justin, I'd love to hear more about you and and what has driven your interest and career in healthcare.
1: Sure. So back in 2019, sold a business in the consumer finance space and merchant services, uh, helped transition that business um, to, the, to the existing ownership, still have a little small equity stake there and, and involved in that business, but started kind of looking around saying, okay, how can consumer finance and what I did on merchant services, it's a pretty crowded space, what industries need a little bit of assistance there or we can take some of that experience and apply it. And just happened to come across healthcare uh, just because of some family members and some family friends that had been involved uh, in the healthcare industry. And then also as a result of kind of a personal experience where my father was diagnosed uh, very early with a stage of uh, cancer and we caught it early, but he also had a cancer policy through, uh, through AFLAC for a number of years, and and when we started talking about okay, what is this going to impact us financially? We realized that we weren't in the only the only ones in the seat thinking about that situation, and so tapping into uh, some of our family, my family network, family and friends, just started kind of looking at how could we positively impact the healthcare industry as it relates to patient financing, not only when the people are getting or having the care and services performed, but also as it relates to Just healthcare and insurance as a whole, from high deductible plans, things of that nature. So that's that's, really kind of where it came from.
0: Yeah, no, that's it's really interesting, and and yeah, not everybody has the fortune of of having that you know type of stop loss insurance or you know cancer insurance. It's a problem, you know. Thirty three percent of all bankruptcies happen, or no, it's actually sixty six percent of all bankruptcies happen because of healthcare. So you guys are in a, a very important space. Tell us a little bit more about MedPay and and healthy habits. How are you guys adding value to the healthcare ecosystem?
1: Yeah, sure. So through MedPay, we'll kind of tackle that one first. Uh, We have a product Uh called MedPay Relief where we uh, basically we engage directly with the medical provider, whether that's an independent medical practice, whether that's a hospital a network of hospitals or a specialized medical merchant, uh, we engage through what we call a program agreement. In that program agreement, we outline uh, and have defined a propensity to pay score model. So what we've done, Saul, is is essentially we've um, created a situation where we're not a debt buyer. We're actually allowing the patient to decide whether he or she needs to have financing and if they need financing for the care or services that are being performed, how could they get financing at no additional interest and how could we make it so that way everybody wins in that scenario. So when a patient comes in, it's self-service, they can fill out the application online or uh, through, uh, through the 800 number. Mm-hmm. And because we already have that relationship with the medical provider, they know that they're going to accelerate their cash flow when a patient engages with MedPay relief no patient is ever denied so we have a 100% acceptance rate at that point it just all depends on where you fall in the scale of the propensity to pay model and then in addition to that the benefit to the patient is we provide them unlike traditional credit facilities where they provide them one single amount for a term, we actually provide the patient with options. So we give them three options based on how they complete the financial application. Uh, We then come back to them and say, okay, you qualified for six, nine, 12 months or 12, 15, 18 months, and here's your monthly or biweekly payment. So we really try to make it so that it can fit anyone's budget at any given time so they don't have to make the decision, okay, do I pay this bill this month or do I not eat? Do I put gas on the table? These are things that everybody kind of laughs at to a certain degree to say, well, well, that's that's ridiculous. No, these are real decisions that people are making as it relates to their health care and their day to day living. And so that's kind of how we engage on the MedPay relief side. With healthy habits, it's a little different. We went a little bit upstream, if you will, started working directly with insurance companies, with benefit consultants And then direct to the employer or the plan sponsor, whereby through a membership-based program, we're employing a uh, employee benefit that the employee benefit gets certain discounts, rewards, perks, all with a lean towards healthcare and living a healthy lifestyle. But the hook of that platform, really, for every single person in the membership, is that everyone is pre-approved for a zero percent interest line of credit, minimum of thousand dollars the ceiling is 15000 and that money can only be applied and used to pay down their deductibles, their co-pays, and their out-of-pocket medical expenditures. So the idea is, is that we want to be able to change the behavior of people as it relates to how they think about saving for their healthcare and how they use their money as it relates to the care that or services that they're looking to be performed. We think that most people don't have quote unquote, a safety net available to them. Most people are living paycheck to paycheck, especially during the, the pandemic, people are living on much tighter budgets. And so we feel that this is a great way to employ a different way a mem- through a membership model to give people that safety net that if they need to go to see a doctor or if they have a telemedicine platform through their employer. Um, they'll be able to say confidently that, yes, when they receive a bill, they have that ability to say, yes, I'm going to be able to pay that. And that's one less thing off their plate, less stress in their life, which hopefully will give them the, the, the ability to be more productive day to day.
0: Very interesting, Justin. So uh, I appreciate the, the insight here, you know, that consumer finance approach angle. It's certainly unique, you know, as you know, the healthcare industry, we don't do much (laughs) from a consumer standpoint, although it's getting better. (laughs) So this is fresh. And I appreciate, you know, you educating us on this. You guys don't buy debt, you you actually get ahead of it. And through the provider, offer the option to use the program directly. And then through the employer sponsored programs, uh, you do it through the employer. So talk to us a little bit about what that looks like. So this, the 0% thing is what I'm kind of wrapping my brain around and and wondering, okay, so if it's a 0% loan, how are you guys making money? <laughs>
1: yeah, so everybody, everybody kind of asks the same question, and it, it, it it's a different approach in how you look at it. So when okay. you look at MedPay relief, mm-hmm. and it's a 0% interest payment plan, the way that we're making money is obviously through buying the debt at a discount. So okay. when an individual engages in our payment plan, and again, we're doing that through a propensity to pay score model, if let's just say, for example, uh, a patient has a $1,000 outstanding balance for services that were performed, mm-hmm. uh, they decide decide to engage with, with MedPay Relief, we score and rank them through our application process as a C for the sake of example, and that's mm-hmm. a 50% discount. Once that patient executes the payment plan, makes their first payment, we're then putting the provider directly within 24 to 48 hours in a non-recourse fashion, less the discount. So in that example, $1,000 outstanding balance, we pay the provider $500 non-recourse. Makes sense. They're no, no longer involved, and the patient now is a member of med pay relief. And obviously what we're trying to do is make, you know, recoup more than the 500. We're trying to recoup the full thousand. We know that there's going to be defaults, but, but essentially we're taking the risk on that patient. When you look at the healthy habits side, it's more of a utilization play. So you have to equate it more towards, um, Credit card utilization is a great way Mm -hmm. to look at it. So if I've got 100 members, okay, through a a one plan sponsor or employer, and all 100 are employed, and they are engaged in the membership, 30% at any given time is probably going to use that line of credit. That's based on our statistics and research that we've done. So that means 70% of the people are engaged using the rewards and perks platform, but they're not using the line of credit. So my cost of capital and running that line of credit is negligible because all I'm providing is the rewards and perks to those individuals. So it really becomes a utilization play for us. So again, our whole model and and the way our motto of the company has always been trying to get people to pay for their healthcare, but not have to pay more for their healthcare, unlike other platforms that are out there that are either charging interest or they're more of a credit card or a hybrid type of situation. We've always said it's 0% interest across the board. It's not an introductory offer. Um, it's always not going to cost you more than what the bill is at the end of the day.
0: Love it And uh, very unique approach uh, and kudos to you guys and, and obviously the consumer, we have to you know deal with the with the payments. This is a great way to do it with some flexibility. And so obviously this this approach is what makes you guys different, right And so talk to us a little bit about what you've done. And how you've improved either outcomes or even business model success I'd love to hear maybe a couple of examples
1: yes yeah, so specifically we're actually working with one opportunity that is in the uh, medical device area whereby uh, they're providing uh, essentially hearing aids is one example and the way that we were able to help them is we actually accelerated their cash flow and we also benefited the patient because we were able to provide them a financing option whereby historically Historically, uh, they either had very few options to pay, it was either cash check or, or credit card. There really wasn't a financing option. And so for this particular group, what they've done is, is they looked at it and said, okay, we're willing to take a discount on that particular patient because A, we want to make sure that these individuals obviously get the device so they can live a higher quality of life than what they are today. And the patient wins in that scenario because now they're able to get that device and not have to be concerned about, how am I, again, how am I going to make my payment? Do I have enough on a credit card? If I give them the $2,000, that depletes my savings. Um, there's a whole host of questions there that have to be answered by the patient. But ultimately, that's one really good example of how we were able to, again, make it a win-win for both parties. The same thing happened with another group that we had, um, Hospital Network 9 facilities in the behavioral health side, where that's obviously an area that's growing. And so historically, they've never really had a very solid and strong collections effort kind of post the the services being performed on campus, if you will. And Mm -hmm. so when we got engaged with them, uh, we really looked at it more as a pilot. And then that pilot now has turned into a a full-blown engagement with us. But in the pilot period, what we were able to do is re-engage with those individuals to be able to say, hey, you had services performed, there is an outstanding balance, and we're not just gonna say to you, you've got six, nine, 12 months. We're gonna try to work with you to figure out what can you pay? for how long can you pay for? Um, so that way, the money that's being used, yeah, it's going back to the facilities that the care was performed. But the way we approached it was actually one around, not to sound funny, but around a behavior, giving them the sense that, hey, by you paying your bill, you're now helping someone else that potentially could have could have been going through the same challenges and issues and services that you needed. And so you're kind of helping that next person. And so that seemed to work very, very well with that demographic, that type of patient in that environment. And so when we looked at this healthcare industry as a whole, what we really saw, saw was there was a friction between the provider and the patient. Mm-hmm. And it really was time, right? Because you have a provider who who is being asked to do th- two things, provide care and also be a business. Yeah. And those two things kind of clash with one another. And so what we tried to do is say, separate those and say, facility, provider, do what you do best. Provide the care, and we'll come in and we'll help with the patient as it relates to the financing side of the aspect. And we'll take the risk. We'll provide you the accelerated cash flow, granted at a discount, but you're going to get that cash flow to be able to now. Buy more devices, bring on more physicians, increase the number of beds at your facility, whatever the, the need is for that cash flow, it can be used to provide more care. And we'll take care of the side of, you know, financing and taking the risk on, on that component of it. And by doing that, that's where I think that we've really separated ourselves in the industry is being able to recognize that friction and then be able to reduce, I don't want to say eliminate, but significantly reduce that friction just through the experiences that we've had. Throughout and you know, personally, in the company, in dealing in the healthcare industry, and then just obviously doing our research and talking to individuals like yourself and other facilities and patients. What are those challenges? And and that's kind of how we were able to create both of these products was through a need and doing the, the the due diligence and the research to come up with a product that would work for everyone involved.
0: And, and Justin, it just. It sounds fair. The approach sounds really fair to all yeah. parties.
1: Yeah, I mean it's cliche. I mean, when when we were all sitting around the table and you know, funny thing is, is my dad was retired and he came out of retirement to work with me because mm-hmm. of a little bit of kind of how this spawned out. And when I told him about this, he's like, This is a win win win. And I go, That's yeah. really cliche. And he goes, No, it's it it really is that. He goes, Everybody wins in this scenario. And I go, Yeah, well that's how healthcare probably should be, right? Like you shouldn't have to make a decision at the end of the day. It should be, you can get the care you shouldn't have to worry about the financial aspect of it. And the one who's providing the financial, uh, wherewithal, if you will, should win as well because yeah. they're obviously a, a, a party to the transaction. And mm. so we've really tried to make it so, so it is fair for everybody because right now we just don't think that there isn't enough solutions out there that to use your term that are fair. Yeah. Um, there's always one side that makes out a little bit better than another. And we just happen to fall into an area and, and, and a process that just morphed into it being, okay, well, this is good for the provider. Oh, shoot, this is really good for the patient too. And we can actually make money on this. So yeah, let's do it, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's just kind of organically. And to your point, it's because we spent the time to learn about what the provider was looking for and what their challenges were and what their issues were, what were the challenges and issues of the patient and figuring out how could you solve both of those so that both parties make out in the end. A lot of times people will just look at the businesses and go, oh, well, you know, if the patient gets this, then well, I guess the provider will win or, or maybe it won't and who cares? And they move on. Whereas we really tried to look at it from both perspectives to solve the problem. That's the problem we feel is again, that friction between those two parties and by eliminating that, then you get to this kind of level playing field. Um, and all of a sudden people start going,
0: well, oh, this makes sense now. So honing in on the friction, it's that time friction, right? Where hospitals need to collect it. Otherwise they have to write it off, right? as bad debt.
1: Yeah. So you have kind of two challenges, right? You have the, the challenge of time and then you have the challenge of a budget. Right. Okay. So your your challenge is time with the hospital facilities. You're exactly right. Because typically they're only going to go out nine to twelve months before they end up probably either selling it off or placing it with a debt collector. And then that it comes right back on their book 60, 90 days later, where they then finally write it off. And the challenge there is to your point, by them writing it off, they're doing it because They don't want to carry that money on their books because they get graded based on their AR days. And that obviously can have a positive or negative effect in terms of any sort of state or federal funding that they receive potentially. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden you have to solve for that problem is how can you accelerate that? While also the budget aspect of it is you have a patient that has a certain level of income coming in. And, outflow. and so that's where the second challenge is, is, is how do you now take something where the longer time you have, theoretically, the more risk you're going to be taking. But what we've done is say, yeah, we're okay taking more time and theoretically more risk because what we're doing is we're creating the payment amount that fits that individual's budget. So we're not coming to them saying, okay, whether you can afford 100 or $150, that's what you're going to need to pay. What we're really doing is crunching the numbers in the financial application to say, based on your income, your outflows, all these different things that we're collecting and the algorithm is running in the back end, we're saying that we think you can afford a monthly payment of either $25 or $50 or $75. And then the patient chooses and elects the payment amount and the term length. So they actually now get the ability to choose what they get to pay. It's just like anything else that essentially you purchase, right? why can't healthcare be very similar? Um, Unfortunately, it's the opposite. Usually, once you, the analogy I use is, you know, once you drive onto that facility's parking lot, you lose all control. Mm -hmm. You're you're basically, you know, trusting all of the nurses, the doctors, your family to make sure that you're going to be able to live a, a healthy lifestyle and be able to get out of the facility healthier than when you got there. Well, we're changing that because, now we're saying, yes, you're let the doctors and the nurses and your family provide the care that you need, but you should be able to choose what works for you as it relates to the financing aspect of it. So you Man, can have less stress. It. Yeah. That's really awesome. trying to do.
0: This is awesome. And you know, that propensity to pay model gives that grade. I mean, it really you set it up front. Hey, this is how we come up with the propensity to pay risk score, or I don't know what you guys call it, right? The
1: score. Yeah. So it's a it's a score. So we actually don't pull any credit. That's another unique thing for us at the end of the day. So we don't do a hard or soft credit pull. It's all self-reported information because at the end of the day, Saul, we look at it this way. No matter whether you have an 800 credit score or you have a 500 credit score, it doesn't matter. What matters is at the end of the day, what's the cash flow coming in? You know, yeah. What's your paycheck? What's your income coming in? And what's your outflow? Mm-hmm. That's what you're actually trying to, to, um, solve for right mm-hmm. is if you've got five thousand coming in, but you have forty five hundred going out. The likelihood of giving somebody an additional hundred dollar, you know, credit uh, or a hundred dollar invoice every month, if you will, is probably not going to work because yep. they have certain other intangible things that they need to do with that cash. But somebody who has income of five thousand and outflow of two thousand can afford that hundred dollar, you know, payment. For the next 12 months 18 months on that bill so what Mm -hmm. you're really trying to do is is come up with the ability to repay the atr as we call it is the key component and driver to the whole thing and the way that we felt the best way to get to that atr was not by using credit historically. We want to just say we ask very specific questions that we then run through the algorithm to be able to spit out what those dollar amounts and what those terms will be so that way that person can say, yeah, that fits my budget now. That was the whole goal of the propensity to pay is, you know, what is that value to that person, not only to us, but also the value to the provider. Because a lot of these providers, as you know, collections is a challenge for them. Yep. If, if they collect at 20%, that's a really, really strong provider at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're spending time and effort there. And so when we talk to a provider, they go, well, a discount? Yeah. But when you look at it, those individuals now in your collections team can be repurposed if you will, to focus more on claims management or other areas of the facility that need attention rather than calling each patient and reminding them and sending the letters and everything else, you've just accelerated that. And the blended rate that we've seen historically on the discounts comes in somewhere between 40 and 50%. So if we just said, let's just say the average provider historically we've seen collects at 20%, we'll give them another 5% at 25%, we're almost doubling their cash flow. With no risk,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: a win-win, as you say, for everyone involved. It, it really is.
0: No, this is so great, Justin. And you know, for everybody listening, the the opportunity for for us to apply consumer insights like Justin and his team are—it's here, you know, and it's happening. And if you've wondered how you could tackle this particular aspect of your business, if you're a payer listening to this. This is an opportunity for you to take a look at what Justin and team have. And if you're an employer looking to help your employees with that gap, right? Hey, insurance is not getting any cheaper. And that's pushing us to give our employees larger deductibles. They might need help with this. This is an opportunity for you to take a look at this to help them in a very fair way. So um, Justin, you know, you you've been putting this business together. COVID hits. I mean, (laughs) I know that's (laughs) been one of the biggest challenges for all of us, but what what's been one of your biggest setbacks and key learning that's come out of it?
1: Yeah, I I think for us, obviously, the challenge of COVID happening, that kind of put a little damper on the MedPay relief side and some of the conversations we were having, because obviously, a lot of those facilities ended up kind of more concerned, obviously, about how are they going to be able to service the community and, and the challenges that come with the care and the service. Kind of the the financial aspects of things took a, a much uh, backseat at that particular moment. We're starting to see some of those facilities and providers come back and start to have and re-engage again around patient responsibility and what does that look like because they're obviously uh, now starting to realize that you know they need the cash flow to continue to support the care and services that are performed. I think what we learned from that was, and, and ultimately what came out of that was healthy habits, which was essentially, we said, okay, we, we have two choices. We either can sit on our hands and wait this out, or we can be active, proactive, and figure out what's going to happen. Because what we realized was, okay, there's a pandemic, people are losing their jobs. What happens now at this point? And either they're going to be provided COBRA, um, they're probably maybe not going to be able to afford COBRA. So what happens to their health care? And so that's where ultimately we started to get very proactive with this idea of healthy habits and a membership program to be able to engage with the employers directly uh, with the insurance companies directly to be able to say, okay, if an individual gets laid off from their job and and they cannot afford COBRA, we wanted to create a program, what we call kind of COBRA light, if you will, whereby an individual would still get those rewards and perks and towards that healthy lifestyle, but then they would also get access to a a telemedicine platform. They would also then get access to a a 0% interest line of credit to be used against the co-pays and the deductibles and the medical expenditures. And so we looked at the pandemic in one aspect from our MedPay relief side It it obviously hurt our business and set us back a little bit. But what it allowed us to do is create a whole new product under the MedPay brand, if you will, called Healthy Habits and allowed us to kind of go after a different market. And we've seen a lot of success uh, with employers there. Uh, We're starting to get ready to actually present uh, in front of two different states uh, on the East Coast to governors in those states to say, listen, you have some very large employers that are going to be furloughing people. They're not, again, not going to be able to potentially afford COBRA, but maybe these employers could employ healthy habits as an alternative to COBRA. So those individuals still have access to some level of care. Mm -hmm. We know that the insurance companies are kind of stepping in and, and providing more help there. But again, it's all a financial gain, right? It's can you afford it? And so for us, we've tried to all provide that level of service and that Cobra Light for a minimal amount of money, basically at $10 a month. As we say, if you could go and do away with two less cups of Starbucks a month, you're going to have some access to, to healthcare options.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Great innovations there, Justin. And and so kudos to you and your team for what you're doing. What are you most excited about today? You
1: know, I think it's to your point, consumer finance as it relates into healthcare is such at its infancy, right? Mm-hmm. As most people know it, there's kind of one brand out there, everybody knows of Care Credit. And there's other groups that are starting to kinda get involved and and make a name for themselves. But I think what's really exciting is is that we're at a point now where the industry is so large, so well-developed in other areas that we're able to come in and really make an impact and a change in an area that hasn't been really tackled historically. And so I think that we're going to see a lot of different types of products and innovation as it relates to how healthcare is not only delivered, but how you pay for it. And that's what's exciting to me is is how we can take advantage of some of the technology that's out there, some of the different ideas and and innovations that'll be coming down the pipe um, through different partners that we're involved with on the telemedicine side, even on just on the rewards and perks side of the house, uh, even working with some of the providers directly. It's really interesting to see how people are looking at this segment and it'll be kind of uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what the end result is, right? And maybe it's a combination of a couple of different things that work for people. But th- that's the piece that gets me excited is, is that we're such at a, an infancy stage that there's the thought processes are endless of what you can do.
0: So cool. Well, folks, medpayrelief.com if you want to know more or visit us on our website, outcomesrocket.health. Type in medpay. And you'll see the full podcast with Justin and transcripts, links, all the things that we've talked about today. I mean, just incredible stuff. But it's MedPayRelief.com to check them out directly. Justin, this has been fun. I I mean, just uh, my brain is just like so stimulated right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, no I, I appreciate it. We're, we're just trying to do the right thing. Um, yeah. We've developed a, a great group of people that have a lot of background in this space. And and as I said, we're just trying to make sure that it's a, a win-win-win for everyone involved using my dad's terminology. And so we appreciate you spending the time, the listeners to kind of uh, hear what we have to say. It may not be a fit for everyone, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least we're an option. So thank you very much for that opportunity. Appreciate that very much.
0: Yeah, Justin. And so aside from the, from the website, is there any other ways that you would suggest, uh, our listeners engage with you and the team?
1: Yeah. So I think it, obviously website's one option. The other option is to go on to LinkedIn. So if you simply just search for, for MedPay, you can follow us there. We've got a pretty active, uh, digital marketing campaign uh, same thing for healthy habits as well. So that's an area where we announce a lot of our different press releases, things of that nature. So if you want something a little bit more engaging and following us, those are the 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 other area that I would suggest
0: uh, that people uh, follow us on as well. Love it. There you have it, folks. Follow them on LinkedIn. Check out their website. Uh, but there's a way to do it differently and uh, and fairly. It could be a win-win-win, and I mean certainly just a great opportunity to try out a, a service with Justin that that could work. Really great things for you and and your patients, Justin. Thank you. This has been awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your week. Hey, outcomes rocket listeners! No podcast, no problem. Launch a professional podcast you'll love in four weeks. Most people. Hire production companies to edit and distribute content that sounds bad and does nothing for their revenue or their network. But you could turn the key to a made-to-order podcast and skip all the pitfalls that make 90% of shows discontinue after five episodes. We've got the expertise, the elbow grease, and you're back on this one. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.